0: Hello and welcome to MA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manny G. Today we're talking about PFL number four regular season coming up this Thursday. I want to emphasize Thursday, almost middle of the week, 6.30 p.m. Eastern start time, playing on ESPN or ESPN Plus, 12 total fights in the card. If you're not familiar with the PFL regular season, I'll give you the breakdown of that in a second, but we'll go over each fight with you guys, one fight at a time. Prelim fights first, then the main card, and also explaining to you along the way how the point system works and some of the new news coming out of the pfl which is crazy had a bunch of fighters get suspended uh because of positive drug tests that's affecting this card you see some new people coming in uh on a bit of late replacement all that said we'll give you the breakdowns of each fight the time this recording which is being done on monday the lines are still not out that's interesting Uh, so no lines are available anywhere and definitely not on DraftKings or on fanduel so we'll give you a breakdown based upon no lines and give you some guesstimates here and there but uh, if you want the full tip sheet our official bets for this card Subscribe to our newsletter. That link is down below. Sometime between now and Thursday, we'll publish the full tip sheet along with uh, the written breakdown uh, in a newsletter format. So the link is down below for that. All that said, guys, let's jump into it. In the first fight in the card, which is going to be, uh, let me scroll down here. It's going to be i like say pergan versus Akim Bashir. And pergan two zero got his contract last year. He was fighting on the uh, challenger series, which we'll talk about challenger series here in a little bit because. Uh, Got some thoughts on that, but uh, anyway, Alexei Pergin, two and zero against Akeem Bashir, who's three and one. Bashir is based in Atlanta, so he's kind of a, a local guy. Three and one has fought in LFA, you know, had some decent experience. Pergin, a little bit of a different situation with him. I'm gonna pull up uh, real quickly. They're side by side, so you just can see them side by side as I'm talking about them. But um, in the case of Pergin, it's a different situation. Okay, I, first of all, I interviewed him last year shortly after he won his pfl contract got a chance to know him a little bit family's very dedicated uh they're very into his career they travel they, you know see him fight as often as they can um, but learned a lot about him his background and now he's over at killcliffe he made the move to killcliffe he's working with some of the best fighters in the world very talented super young 22 a lot of upside and here's the thing when we spoke in the interview i asked him hey so next season you're going to be in the regular season this was 2022 right he said, no, we're gonna take our time, maybe take a season or two just to keep developing. So PFL signed him. They see him as a good prospect. He's undefeated at 2-0, and they're planning to slow play him and develop him. It sounds to me like with someone like this, they're gonna give him opponents that he can beat. All that said, okay. All that said, there is some film out there of Akeem. He's pretty athletic. He'll he'll go after you, good counter puncher. He's ripped, got like an eight pack going. He's fighting in front of his home people there in Atlanta. And for Alexei Pergan, even though his amateur record looks pretty good and he's done a decent job so far, 2-0, he still doesn't have grown man strength yet, 22 years old, uh, still working on technique. And in his last fight, by his own admission, kind of got himself into some situations that probably could have avoided with just some better technique and some fighter IQ um, improvements. All that said, he is now at Killcliffe. You know, he's working his ass off. He used to be coached more by his dad in a smaller gym in Tennessee. I think the move's going to help him. Taking his time, not getting beat up, not taking a, b- a bunch of damage. PFL's doing him right. Um, all those things lead me to believe that he should win the fight. Now, finishing? Hmm, that's the thing. I mean, if you know his background, former high school wrestler, high school state champion, uh, was boxing like at the age of 13, 14, like junior, all kind of junior accolades in boxing. So he's very well-rounded. Mind you, his opponent here, Akeem Bashir, is 35, right? So kind of different set of circumstances. Older fighter, not a journeyman per se, because he's only what three and one, but not as much experience. Just seems to me like the guy they're going to want to win here is going to be Alexei pergan I, I strongly believe the PFL when they have their motives, they're looking to get their motives, you know, done. Now, where's the price going to be at? I imagine Alexei opens up around minus 175 to minus you know 185, maybe even hits that minus 200 mark that's our threshold we have no problem a unit or two on alexei if he's minus 150 minus 120 minus 170 we get to minus 200 i think we're off the boat at that point at that point because i would implore you watch film of Hakim. Uh, he is by no means any slouch so the betting spots for us will be looking at alexei per game, just straight up as a bet on the money line no interest in any parlaying and not much confidence in alexei getting a finish here if you're gonna fish for somebody getting a finish Akeem, he's pretty relentless and you know alexey's still young right can make some mistakes so that's our breakdown we're going go with Alexei purgan to win that fight let me go ahead here and update your screen and go to our next fight female bite female bite <laughs> female fight we've got abby Montes versus brandy hester let me close some screens here you know i start opening up screens and next thing you know i got a mess going abby Montes, brandy hester uh Montes, by the way, before I even get into the details in this fight, this young lady has been to three straight split decisions. Uh, imagine if you had a crystal ball and the prop bets were available for you to just bet, you know, bet three straight fights on her going to split decision. The return would have been nice. Well, what are the chances that she goes to a fourth split? I don't know, but um, we're going to play it just in case. We don't want to be the, pe- the people out there who knew of this and then didn't <laughs> bet on it. Featherweight, about 145 pounders. Abby Montes. Uh, three and two Mexican fighter versus Brandy Hester, who it's zero and zero based out of Atlanta. We do know that. This is gonna ha- sound harsh. This entire breakdown, we're gonna go through some things about the PFL that you know, I'm just gonna educate you and, and take it for what you want. This is a problem. The PFL is not capable of sustaining a roster of actual fighters that are PFL caliber, or dare I say, like Bellator or 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 any solid promotion. I think PFL is considered a solid promotion. um, Big names, you know, you've got the Jake Pauls and you've got, you know, Francis and Ganu. They can't fill these spots though. And here's an example Brittany Hester, who's got no amateur record that we know of. We searched, did some scouring on the internet, couldn't find much. She's a plus 350 dog. She's out of Atlanta, Georgia. You know, we have a profile picture of her. That's about it. For Abby Montez at minus 450, woo, you know, it, be very careful. With something like that, if if that is the price tag right now, the price tag is is showing that here on topology. But I haven't seen the lines yet anywhere else. If she's in that range, I would just be careful. Three straight splits. I mean, her fight against one or two of those fighters. I'm not going to n- mention the names, but some of those fighters she was fighting against, people thought she was definitely going to win. And uh, yeah, 23 years old, very young, making improvements. Never been knocked out. And, you know, has pretty pretty dur- pretty good durability. She should roll here, right? She should roll. Um, she should. Let me look over my notes here real quick. My notes here. Uh, Montes by decision. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I have a lot to read here. Let me read this off to you guys. So, Abby, one and two in the PFL, looking to bounce back from consecutive split decision defeat. She's been in three straight consecutive split decisions, as we said before. Now, clearly is not doing enough, again, to convince the judges. That's, that's habit forming. You're not doing enough to clearly win the fight. You know what I'm saying. So her last win was a split decision. So she very well could be 0-3 in her last three fights. Could be a three-fight losing streak. Now you could flip that around and say she could be 5-0. Nonetheless, these these close calls are costing her. Um, Abby has more experience, has faced much better competition than Hester. She should win the fight. I want to emphasize should because we know how this works, right? Um, let me get back to my notes here. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. as for Hester making her professional debut, little to no, no information about her, no profile, age amateur experience, not even the gym size, those things are all eluding us. Um, this is a problem for the PFL. Again, we're having a hard time filling the roster. So look, this is also a byproduct of the of the whole positive drug testing thing. Now, I don't know of any females that um, tested positive. So I, actually, I guess it's not related to that. But the point is they've had a lot of athletes test positive recently. And some big names like Diago Santos and Bruno Capeloza, there's a trickle effect. Next to you know, you're bringing people off the street. <laughs> literally off the street who have no record to fight. Um, in, in 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 a dream world, this lady comes in here, gets a first round knockout, gets a bunch of points, right? Makes the playoffs and it's like, oh, a dream story. But it's not really, it uh, doesn't work that way, right? So at the end of the day, this is the hallmark now of the PFL. You're getting fighters that are very undermatched, right? And so we'll have a real wide line with a fighter like Abby Montez who has no reason to be a huge favorite unless she's fighting a complete can who's not worthy. And so this is the PFL. Is what they do and until they have a real full roster and you know they sort of sharpen things up you know people will still be looking at them with with a side eye like you know you guys aren't really legit you guys are putting people off the street to fight the betting spots here if the line exceeds minus 300 which looks like it's going to do that here on Tapology, we're gonna we'll place we won't place um abby into a parlay so she's beyond our threshold now at minus 490 or minus whatever that is going to be we will not parlay her there um if you have a book that offers split props now's the time hit hit up abby for a split hit up this other lady for a split play both sides try it out you know 10 15 bucks on both sides the over two and a half rounds of the fight going the distance are spots we do like so i think we've talked enough about that fight abby montez to win the fight by split decision how about that just because all right so here we go taylor johnson andrew sanchez light heavyweight bout 205 pounders johnson goes by tombstone versus sanchez who goes by El Dierte. Um, nine and three for Johnson, 13 and 7 for Sanchez, 3 2 in the last five fights for Johnson, 2-3 and three for Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez out of Missouri now, 35 years old, 6 foot one height with a 76-inch reach, trades out of TriStar for Johnson, 6 foot in height. So just one shorter 73-inch reach out of American top team Portland, 32 years old, and uh, also based out of San Diego, California. Uh, based upon topology, they're showing us this is about a up that makes about sense. You know, a part of us is on the side of Johnson. A part of us is on the side of Sanchez. Um, officially, we're gonna go with Taylor Johnson. Then with a fight by decision, that is our prediction. Um, we're not gonna go with Johnson with a lot of confidence, though. So we're not behind him, thinking that he's gonna walk away with this. Um, Sanchez is a UFC veteran with plenty of experience. He lost in the final season. Um, uh, he lost in the finals of the season 23 of uh, Ultimate Fighter. I think 23, right? Um, this fight will mark Sanchez's PFL debut so for him kind of coming full circle you know he went ufc did all that stuff and now he's coming to the you know coming into the pfl here is an example of a fighter who did not fight in the first uh match or first you know episode of this season and so he could not accumulate points he wasn't in that but due to a suspension he slides in now to this regular season tournament but at a big disadvantage right because he couldn't have earned points last time it's like it's like basically you know if you're going for the scoring title and they're they're doing it by total points for the season and you you miss some games you can't make up for it so from that standpoint it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds nonetheless he does step in probably thought heck whatever it's a long shot but it's a shot to maybe win a million bucks and maybe the pfl even hooked him up a bit i don't know i'll do it so anyway um he lost in the finale in the ultimate fighter um pfl debut right now he's um um, he, again, didn't fight in the first fight in the regular season. Um, zero points. The playoff pitcher, imagine this, it's going to have a guy like Sanchez maybe coming in here and maybe didn't fight the first match and he gets in the playoffs. Maybe he wins the whole damn thing. Um, it's uh, it's happened before too. Matter of fact, I'm thinking last year. Who was it last year that came in? It was a guy like DeLon Monte. I wouldn't say DeLon Monte made the playoffs last year and he came in season, mid-season because we had a – a visa something, I think it was the one of the Russians and couldn't come over next to you know this guy makes the playoffs. So um it, yeah, it's just it's awkward. I like the format sometimes, and then sometimes I don't. Um, we're expecting that kind of scenario, for example, you know, with a few fighters. Not to mention, here's what ends up happening too on the flip side. Let me get off on a tantrum. When they bring in fighters who are not qualified, now Andrew Sanchez is qualified. The fighter though before this, the one we were just talking about, when they bring in fighters like Brandy Hester. It results in people like uh, Pacheco Larissa Pacheco. She is going to walk, walk through those kind of girls. She's going to walk into another million dollar purse and good for her. But it's going to look like that whole division is going to just be not for what? For who? Why? What are you really watching? And so there's some there's both sides of it for people like Pacheco. She's like, forget it. Bring him in here. I don't care. I, just, I don't have to even do anything. I can just go in there, not even break a sweat, get an easy win. The lines, all jacked up. Pacheco would be like minus minus a (laughs) 1,000 against a person like Hester. And so it's just, they got to fix that. PFL, come on, man. Get it together. Uh, For Taylor, makes questionable decisions, can have cardio dips. If if Taylor slows down late, Sanchez might be able to finish him with some strong rounds. Not finish him, but finish the rounds two and three strongly enough to get the favor from the judges. A key for Sanchez is to stay off his back. Johnson likes to put opponents on their back. And then from there, chew up time, eat up the clock. So, for Sanchez, as long as he keeps it standing, I think he has a big advantage. The betting spots we like the most here are the fight going over 1.5 rounds. The fight goes the distance. Otherwise, we don't want to have much exposure in this fight. This fight is aligned accordingly on topology, if that's accurate. It is about a pick-in based upon our analysis. We're going to go with Johnson. We just think that he gets a little bit, a little bit more control time. But if you like Sanchez, um, go for it, man. And if you like him a lot... The money line here is good because it's about a pick them, So you're getting some good returns. But we're going to stick with Taylor Johnson by decision. Again, PFL number four coming up this Thursday. It's a, a Thursday event. I saw that. I was like, wow, okay. I believe they were doing Thursdays back in the day. I mean, I could be wrong, but I kind of feel like a few years ago, Thursday was their thing. And it's, it was nice. It was like, oh, Thursday nights. We know we have uh, PFL those nights. Maybe they're going back to that model. Who knows? Alright, so Impikasagonai, a name you guys all recognize, of course, from his days over in the uh Er, Um had his tour of duty there, had some problems with durability. That was his Achilles heel, right? Could not could not stop getting knocked out. <laughs> so um Impekasagonai versus Tim Karen. And you're like, who? Yeah, Tim Karen. Light heavyweight bout, 205 pounders, Impa Kasaganai. 12 and 3 overall, Tim Karen 13 and 5. So, similar experience. Uh, not competition wise, of course. Impa is a former UFC fighter. Tim Karen's coming in here. Uh, I believe, make, is he making his UFC? I'm sorry, UFC PFL debut. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know that. And uh, he, he is. He is. So, uh, nonetheless, here, the details 29 years old for Impa, 5'11, 75 inch reach out of Killcliffe FC. Uh, one of the training. Teammates of my man down there, Alexei Pergin, out of North Carolina. He is the proverbial favorite here on the lines, according to Tapology, and that would make sense. For Tim Karen, 13 and 5, 3 2 in his last five fights, out of New Hampshire, 35 years old, 6'1 in height with a 73 inch reach, out of Burgess MMA. So, height and reach wise, there's you know, benefits and drawbacks on both sides, right? Imp is a little bit shorter, but has longer arms, and then vice versa for Tim Karen. I don't think that's going to be the biggest factor here. Power, baby power baby that's going to be the factor so Impa by round one knockout is the prediction tim karen's making his pfl debut as a result of the recent drug testing suspension so he's another example of a guy stepping in couldn't earn points first step first uh, tournament whatever now stepping in hoping to strike gold hence karen uh coming in here looking at i mean look these guys have to win not just win the fight but probably get like a finish to catch up with the other fighters in this you know class like impa who've already got a finish you know what i'm saying i just in my mind um not to be mean here, but to be just brutally blunt, Karen has no business in the cage with Impa. Not right now, not tomorrow, not if, not even after Impa's had a few drinks and maybe even smoked on a blunt. Impa is going to tear this kid apart, and it's just sad that he has to take the fight like this because there's no build up for him. <laughs> we talked earlier about Alexei Pergan getting the build up treatment. You know, he gets the contract, fight once a year. You know, build himself up. Not Karen. Uh, they're just gonna feed him to one of their young wolves. You have to imagine the, the promotion likes Impa. Like if Impa were to win the entire thing in that division, they're like perfect, man. Former UFC fighter, this is exactly why they signed those guys. You know, because they'll put that all over the lead up to it. They'll have promotions, they'll have videos of him running, of him fighting, you know, the UFC and stuff. So, you know, don't <clears throat> don't put it by the, the pfl basically to be feeding him guys like this in a way to also help build them up but this guy karen he steps in uh it's gonna be tough for him impa has very legit power he's gonna look for early knockout he's also in a three fight winning streak you know getting things back together The pfl has been a good move for him hasn't been for all the ufc guys but a good move for him so impa clear-cut favorite for me um, we're going to have our fingers crossed that he's somewhere in the range of minus 450-ish when the lines open on the books. Um, right now, according to uh, Tapology, he's in that range. Once he gets above that minus 500, 500 threshold, that is our like, nope, that's our cutoff line. So Impa by knockout, Impa by round one knockout might be some things you might want to consider for prop bets. But again, Impa by round one knockout is our prediction. Light heavyweight about 205 pounds. We move on. Chris Wade versus Ryoji Kudo. Featherweight bout, 145 pounders, Chris Wade, 22 and 9 overall, two or three in his last five fights out of New York, 35 years old, treated of Long Island MMA, very good gym, 5 to 10, high with a 70 inch reach, 35 years old, I think we mentioned that already, but just to be sure. Ryoji Kudo, 11, 5 and 1, 1 and 4 in his last five, looks terrible, but don't let that fool you, he's a pretty good fighter, he appears to be the dog based on topology, like minus 270 for Wade, plus 210 for Ryoji, I I guess that's about right. Japanese fighter, of course, 30 years old, five foot seven, about three inches shorter, 71 inch reach, one inch more and in, uh, one inch more in reach for, for you. Kudo. And then out of tribe, Tokyo MMA. All right. Let me just say this off the bat. Sometimes those the, the things like the one and four and even for Chris Wade, right, two and three, the last five, they can really throw you off. These guys are very good fighters. Um, both could win the fight. Um, both could be other guys in this division. If you've watched him fight recently, you're gonna, you know what I'm talking about. They're good fighters, basically. I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to, you know, just be nice. Let me get to my notes here. So Chris Wade by decision is our prediction. Wade's becoming hard to trust, though. Uh, he's two and three of his last five fights. Even more concerning, he was favored in both of the last two fights that he lost, and one of those like minus two fifty favorite. The other one's like minus whatever, minus one seventy five or something chris wade should win this fight um i I think he's the one who's got more experience at least at this level in the pfl so on and so forth he's balanced he's got uh, i think some physical advantages in terms of how he wrestles uh very good cardio but we also felt that way in his last two fights you know so it's like uh, there's that confidence factor now we're losing some confidence in him um because of recent fights and it's not that he's not giving good effort um i his fight for example against jenkins like just got out wrestled and couldn't get out of it and jenkins you know pre-fight jenkins was like we're gonna fight on the feet dude yeah motto and next thing you know you you jenkins kind of pulled the fast one on him and ultimately he was in a wrestling match with a guy that was better as a wrestler um than he is and he drops by decision now if anything wade is super durable that's one thing about him he's not gonna get knocked out he can take a punch speaking of which now for kudo he gave Lofnan all he could handle last year, regular season, and actually put Lofnan on his ass at one point in that fight. If that version of Kudo shows up in here and can land a few shots and maybe at least wobble Wade, get the judge's attention, who knows what we have. And we've seen Chris Wade kind of fumble the bag. Uh, Rayo kudo is due, 1-4 <laughs> in four in his last five, has lost some fights. That he, he fought well in. He lost that fight against um, Lofnan. It was like a majority decision or something like that. So, you know, it may be where the dog play here. Not sure where the lines will be at. Again, supposedly based upon topology, it's, you know, in that plus 200 range here for Kudo. Could even swell even more. Wade's a, a, a bit of a fan favorite, at least for the PFL fans. He's a name we recognize. But uh, not a lot of confidence here on Wade. I'll probably stay away from parlaying him here, and I'll probably put a sprinkle on Kudo just to win. Um, for prop bets, fight goes to distance is something I'll be looking at. Again, Wade's very durable. So even if he gets cracked by... By kudo, I think he'll survive it. And in terms of Wade's finishing ability, not amazing. Um, he's aggressive. He'll go after you, but he tends to find himself going to the scorecards. So I think the fight goes longer. It goes over one and a half, over two and a half, goes to full distance. But give me Chris Wade to win the fight by decision. All right, let's move on. Next fight's going to be Ty Flores versus Dan Spone. Let me pull up their particulars right quickly here. Ty, 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 and Dan Spone. So I believe Dan Spone is another one of the like, hey, thank you for t- participating. We appreciate you. We're going to need you to show up here on Friday. Can you be ready? Or Thursday, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, boss, I'm ready to go. Like a bunch of fighters get suspended. The, the embarrassing part of the suspension is that it involves so many big names. Like it's one thing, oh, you know, a few, few smaller names. It's You know, you, you can survive. That ain't no big deal, right? But it was some bigger names, you know. All right, move up to the car. Next fight, light heavyweight bout. 205 pounders, Ty Flores who goes by Big Medicine and Dan Spone who goes by the Dragon. Both these guys have actually flirted with the UFC, so I'd say they're you know similar caliber and, and obviously similar experience. We'll break it down for you guys here. We do like Ty Flores to win the fight and we like him to win the fight by decision. The details. Flores 12 and 4 overall, 4-1 in his last 5 fights. A favorite here at minus 215 on Tapology out of Denver, Colorado. 29 years old, 6'3 in height with a 75 inch reach out of Elevation Fight Team. For Dan Spone, 19 and 8 and 1 overall, a bit of a rough stretch recently. He's 1 3 and 1 in his last five. He's a dog hair plus 175 according to Tapology out of Columbus, Ohio. 38 years old, 6'4 in height, so 1 inch taller than Flores with a 77 inch reach, about 2 reach advantage as well for Spone. He's at a Ronin Training Center and Cambridge Martial Arts. As for our notes here, we like Flores by decision. Both these guys, like I said before, have flirted with the UFC. Spone earned a round one submission on Contender Series. Then he lost in the finale of The Ultimate Fighter, yet neither of those things resulted in a UFC opportunity or an official one. right? For Flores, he lost on Contender Series by decision to Dustin Jacoby. Jacoby moves into the UFC, and unfortunately for Spone... um, I'm sorry, for Flores, he does not. So both guys, like I said, have been on the cusp of, uh, of the UFC. Those, those were like a few years ago, but still, that's their highlight of their career, right? For Flores, he's 5-1 and one in his last six bouts compared to the 1-4-1 and one in the last six for Spone. That includes a BKFC bout, by the way, for Spone. He took, I think his last fight was a BKFC bout. Maybe the biggest indictment of Spone's resume is the draw that he had a few years back, I think 2020, 2021, um, 2021, I believe, against Sorty. All right. So Sorty was good back in the day, right? But after that fight, Sorty went on a four fight losing streak and he's now fighting for Jorge Masvidal's game bread promotion. So yeah, for Emilios Emiliano, Emiliano sorty he just, you know, he, he was not the fighter he used to be, and that was the beginning of it. This you know, this draw that he went to um with uh with spone, right? So we have some concerns about Flores as well. I mean, you know, he goes to Decision, you know. I mean, that's one of the issues with him. Um, He's been, you know, he's also been knocked down and finished in round one on three occasions. Um, So durability, a bit of a concern for Flores. Got to consider that. Um, If he gets hit the right way, basically he's going to go down. Put it that way, right? So can can Spone hit the mark? Can he hit that right spot? I mean, anything's possible. It's mixed martial arts. Anyway, the bets here: Flores on the money line will find its way into one of our parlays. He'll also be. I think a pretty good favor here. I mean, minus 200 or so is where they're at now. I'm not surprised he closes at minus 300 or so. I mean, Spone's recent records going to get people way off of him and putting money into Flores. Like minus 300 is where I think he'll be at. He'll be in some of our parlays, at least one of them, right? Um, If you have a book that offers Spone by round one KO, it's a must sprinkle. Again, that's been the Achilles heel for Flores. He gets knocked out in round one. So Spone by round one KO. Consider that if you have a book that offers it, let's move on. Okay, moving on to this next fight is going to be, oh, geez, Marlon Moraes versus Gabriel Alves Braga. Let me go ahead here and pull up their profiles. Let me also tell you that I got some stuff to tell you about this fight, and I'm going to go in a bit of a tantrum, so bear with me, but I'm going to go in a bit of a tantrum. Let me share this right here. So we've got Marlon Moraes versus Gabriel Alves Braga. If you're new to the scene and Marlon Mariz, you know, doesn't ring a bell for you, you're like, "Oh, Marlon who? It's fine, nothing wrong with that." He hasn't been a very relevant fighter in the UFC for a long time now. Back in the day, dude was amazing. You know, fought with some of the best. Uh, you know, shared the cage with some of the best. It was on the cusp of a title, right? So featherweight bout here, 145 pounders. Marias is 23-12 and one overall. 0-5 oh, in, in his last five bouts. He's a dog here at plus 255 out of Jupiter, Florida, currently 35 years old. 5-6 with a 66.5-inch reach out of the armory. The line I just gave you is based on Tapology, not an official book. That's just what Tapology has here. For Gabriel Alves Braga, 10-0 overall. He's on a nice hot streak, right? 5-0 obviously in his last five. He's the favorite at minus 315 out of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 25 years old, 5'9 and half with a 72 inch reach out of Tropa Thai. All right, so at first glance, you're thinking, okay, one guy's getting a little bit older, 35. You got 25-year-old Braga, he's on a hot streak, the other guy's struggling. I see all that. We all see that, right? But let me let me explain you something. As my one of my old former coaches used to say, I had a, a Puerto Rican coach who had a very strong accent. He would tell me sometimes. He would say, Let me explain you something. <laughs> so let me explain you something, guys. Let me read this off to you. It's time if you want to put the tinfoil hat on. Now's a good time. That's a good time. We could resonate together and see if we could share this, share this, this, uh, this mental image and then be on the same page. So Molly Maria's by decision. That is our prediction. How about them apples? We said it before and we'll say it once again. Marias should not be cleared to fight. Whether it's the gaming commission, PFL executives, his agents, or family, someone in his circle needs to stop him from fighting. We fear that Marias has sustained too many head injuries and is now risking significant long-term damage. Fortunately, he was finished due to leg kicks in his last fight. We can't stomach seeing him get concussed again. For Marias, he's won eight over his last nine. Over that stretch, he's been TKO'd seven times. The last time he had his hand raised was in 2019 via split decision. For Braga, he enters this contest off of his first PFL win and an impressive 10-0 record. He's fought in LFA and the UFA, UAE, excuse me, which are both reputable promotions. If there's a knock on him, it's his propensity to go to the scorecards. On one hand, he has displayed strong cardio. On the other hand, does he really want to trust the judges to give him a win over one of the PFL's golden boys? The PFL has a history of engaging in unethical business practices. They got caught trying to pawn off a pre-recorded event as a live event in 2021, which resulted in a betting scandal and a hefty fine from the Nevada Gaming Commission. How about Challenger Series this year? (laughs) The Challenger Series this year was nothing short of a WWE event with Ray Cepho playing the part of Vince McMahon. On several episodes of Challenger Series, Cepho picked fighters for the contract who didn't have the best performance. One episode, they gave a contract to the only female who didn't get the finish, and I'll share the screen with you guys who are listening on YouTube, and I'll blow it up for you guys here. This is an image from Tapology. so what I'm showing you here is something that you can see online as well. There were only four bouts that week of the event. I forgot what week it was. Okay, there were four, 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 four fights, okay, <laughs> Um As you see, I kind of highlighted some stuff here on the screen for you guys to look at. Of these four fights, okay, the first fight between Michelle Montague versus Shaquita Amador-Woods, and we had a chance to interview Miss Woods, that fight ended in a rear naked choke in round number two. Michelle Montague did not get a contract. The second fight, which was uh, Jackie Cataline, she had a round one knockout. She was uh, just shy of a minus two to one favorite, first round knockout over Sienna Van Der Vierdank, okay? Next fight, Evelyn Martins, who missed weight. So it was like, okay, look, you missed weight. We maybe can't give you a contract. They still let her compete. She still was able to be considered. Um, She won by rear naked choke in round number two over Jeslyn uh, Jeslyn Michelle. So here we had three fights, three finishes. (laughs) And then we get to the main event, and lo and behold Amanda Levi wins by decision over a Mongolian fighter who you can look look at the fight and look at her prior fights it's not that good had only two fights to her name professionally they were clearly giving this fight to Amanda to help her you know get the win here um it ends up being somewhat close now rewind Amanda Levi was all over the marketing material leading up to this week of, the, of their Challenger series. She was their poster child and all the marketing stuff. And also they had some stuff in there with um, Michelle Montague. They gave a lot of background on those two fighters. Nonetheless, lo and behold, the one fighter who was a minus 280 favorite, a lot more favored than Jackie Catalin in the main event. Right. Ends up getting the contract because it, because what? She won by decision. We had three people getting finishes here. And the post-fight, Ray Cepho tells you, oh, you know, bah, 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 you know, I think she's more ready for the competition. Boo. That was foul. That was foul. We're not done, though. We're not done. So let's go down to this example. Look at this. And if you're looking at it on the screen here on YouTube, you can actually see it, and you can actually sort of digest what I'm trying to explain to you. Week four of Challenger Series this year, you had four bouts in the car, right? Four total fights, all right? Marketing material had some fighters in it more than others. We'll talk about that in a second. But four total fights. Look at the screen here. Main event ends in decision. Coming in event ends in decision. Second fight in the card ends in decision. First fight in the card. Oh, we have a finish. We have a round two submission by a guy named Kenley St. Louis, a.k.a. Kenley St. Louis, versus Nick Ally rear naked choke round two okay so <laughs> the above example that i have just given you that second example is probably more scandalous than the prior example you see because saint louis not only secured the only finish of the night he did it on just over like a day's notice and up away class let me repeat myself let me repeat myself Kelly saint louis On his fight, got the only finish of the night, did it on 24 hours notice, and up a weight class. Was there actually to attend and be in the corner of Thad Jean, his teammate, to support him? He ends up fighting, getting the only finish, and they don't give him the contract. They instead give the contract to Thad Jean. Now, don't you know it? Look back at the marketing material leading up to the event. Who was the child? Who was the poster child for them? It was Thadji? We interviewed Thadji. Very, very cool dude. But that fight, it was like no matter what was going to happen, no matter what Kenley St. Louis did. Oh, you need me one day's notice? You need me up a weight class? I'll go. Out, get, I'll go out there and get the only finish of the night. I still get a contract. Come on, man. Come on, man. The PFL isn't even slick about their tactics. They're just outright letting you know that we are scripting the promotion. We have predetermined winners of the Challenger Series, and we have a business agenda that precedes all fairness and sports and whatever else. I'm telling you this because the PFL sees no boundaries when it pertains to their agenda. If if they want to give Marlon Marias this win here, they will find a way to do it, maybe to recoup some of their losses because he's having such a hard time in the transition and he keeps losing fights. And Former you know, UFC fighter, they want him to do well. They'll find a way to get him a win here. And I believe he's actually going to get a win either way. I think he's he's due for a bounce back. I look back at the last fight here with, with Braga. There was some moments he was backing up. He was overwhelmed. Molly Marias is still a former UFC fighter. He still has pretty good grappling. If he fights a smart game plan, I believe he comes out of here by a win. But either way, PFL will get it done for you. The betting spots like for the most in this fight are going to be Marias by decision. FICO's over 1.5 rounds. And then you gotta play Braga by knockout. <laughs> you, you gotta do it. Um That's been the the method that that my man has been losing recently, right? So Braga by knockout has to be to consideration. All right, um, one last thing. Last time that Marlon Marias fought, we had a whole, like, hey, we're not going to bet in the fight because of out of respect for Marias, and we just don't want to see him getting knocked out. We're probably going to take that same stance. Um, So the official bet tip sheet, you know, when it comes out, which would be sometime Wednesday night, Thursday – it may not have a bet on this fight at all because I do meant what I said before. I just find it really hard to believe that this guy should be fighting how gaming commissions, doctors, or whoever else is, is signing off on this is incredible. Look at Look at his resume. Mar Marais. Dude's been like knocked out seven of his last eight fights or something like that. It's just it's just incredible, but he keeps moving forward and and people don't stop him. Um, it's a shame. I, I pray that I'm completely overreacting and he has no long term damage, but I don't want to see him get concussed anymore. I don't want to see him sustaining more brain damage. I don't think anybody does, but especially when you know the background, right? Amazing fighter. So next fight, Josh Silveria versus Delon Monte. And light heavyweight bout, 205 pounders for Silveria, 10 and 1 overall, 4-1 his last five fights. Opening is a pretty big favorite according to Topology out of Florida. He's training at his American Top Team, top-notch gym, right? 30 years old. Six foot one seventy-five inch reach against Delon Monte, who's seven who's I'm sorry, nine and four overall, two and three in his last five fights. Big dog here plus four hundred range out of Brazil, twenty nine years old. Six foot high with a seventy four inch reach and out of Evolu Evoluco Evelucal? MMA. I'll oh, do the best I could there. All right. Deep breaths here. Let's get into it and give you our details and what we've got. So I gotta tell you, um, out the shoot, I was like, Oh, you know, Delon Monte's not so bad, you know. And then you look at the resume and you kind of peel back some layers, you're like, oh. I don't have any quality wins yet. Um, Silvera by round two submission. That is our prediction. Because of their fighting tactics, both guys, or styles, it's likely someone either gets tapped out or gets knocked out. We're on Silvera due to his pedigree, elite training environment, and wrestling skills. For Monte, he's no pushover, though. He's flash finishing skills via submission and with his hands. His only finish in the PFL was a round one knockout over. Yeah, you guessed it, Miliano Sordi. His name comes back up. We talked about it before. That was not the good version of Leonis sortie. So at first it was like, oh, round one knockout. We had a breakaway into the into the PFL. Very good. But you know, um, he doesn't have a quality win yet, put it that way. <laughs> Silvera, a heavy wrestler with good submission skills. He had his per he had his perfect record snap last season with the loss to his teammate, Akhmov. Silvera has the physical tools to be something special in the PFL, and the promotion seems to be very high in the kid. He should take care of business against Monte. There's one weakness in his game, though. He became very fatigued late in his fight against Akhmedov. Could that be a sign that he has conditioning issues? All right, betting spots here for this fight. We like the fight not going the distance, under two and a half rounds, and Silvera by submission, along with putting Silvera into a parlay. Again, at this price range here, we're getting to that threshold, right? Minus 600. Oh, nope. We're out of there. Sorry, that's not going to happen. We're not going to do any parlaying there. Once we get above minus 500, then it's, it's off limits. And so for us, we might look to do a sprinkle on the side here on DeLon Monte just to win any kind of fashion, right? Um, I mean, plus 425 is good money. Let's move on. What do we got next here? We are now into the main card, right? That's the first fight in the main card. Next fight is Bubba Jenkins versus Sung Bin Joe. Going to surprise some people with this pick here. We are going to go with Sung Bin Joe. Um, no, we're not. I'm no, we're we're going to go with Bubba Jenkins. But I tell you what, I was really close with going with Sunbin Joe, and I actually typed it in at some point, and I changed it whatever, and I went back and forth. But we're going to go with Jenkins to win by decision. It's not going to be pretty. You know how Jenkins fights. He's going to hold you, hug you, love you, rub you, throw a few elbows inside. But ultimately, his path to victory is going to include that. The line on Tapology opening up is around minus 410. You got Sun Bin Joe at plus 310. It's worthy of a dog play, guys. I'm going to give you an argument for both sides. But I'm going to tell you, ultimately, the safest money is, is more or less Jenkins into a two, three leg parlay. He's probably going to get it done for you. And uh, I think this is going to be a matchup where he gets to position control, holds him, survives the, the last part of round three when he's tired. And, you know, does the things that Bubba Jenkins does, right? Actually, the details here, featherweight out 145 pounders. Jenkins who goes by the bad man, 20 and six overall out of California. Minus, minus 410 is a favorite, 35 years old, five eight, 72 inch reach out of Black House MMA. For Mr. Joe, 10-2 and two overall, 3-2 in his last five fights, big underdog out of South Korea, 30 years old, 5'11 and high with a 72-inch reach out of Team Stun Gun and Tiger Muay Thai. I'm always scared when I see South Korea that I'm going to say North Korea by mistake and just be like, you know, people would say, "You what a jerk. I'm like, no, I would never say that like it's a joke, but I'm always scared I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. <laughs> anyway, um, out of South Korea there for Sungbin Joe, let me talk about my notes on this fight. All right, so Jenkins by decision is the prediction. He's an accomplished wrestler. If you don't know, former national championship winner, division one, wrestled at Arizona State, wrestled at Penn State, you know, top of the line, creme de la creme. So we know he can wrestle. He gets top control. He chews up time. That's what he does. It doesn't look pretty. Uh, His last fight, I got a bone to pick with him, but it's just my little bone. He said, I'm going to stand. I'm going to bang with Chris Wade. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to box him. And I was looking forward to it. And uh, he did. (laughs) not He went out there and wrestled Wade for the better part of three rounds and chewed up the clock. And it took to win. It is what it took, you know, get some victories. But it's not exciting and uh, it's it's a bit boring at times. If he wins this fight, it's probably a lot like that, you know. Why stand and bang? Why do that when you have this in your pocket and you can do so so good in that area, right? So though we're picking Jenkins to win, Benjo is live for an underdog, and I'm going to tell you why here. He's dangerous with submissions, right? So this fight's going to hit the ground. Whether whether Benjo likes it or not, it's going to be in the ground at some point. And so I think at some point he'll get a chance to chase something, a Kimura, whatever, anything, right? Even something off of his back. For Benjo, all 10 of his wins were by finish with four of them by submission. His only two defeats were by decision, one in the PFL and one in the UFC. Yes, Benjo fought a UFC fight and he lost by decision. I forgot the guy. It wasn't a name I recognized, but yeah, he had a UFC look there for a second. He's only 30 years old, five years younger than Jenkins. He's still making improvements and remember what we were saying about the pfl in terms of how they will go about their agenda and how far they'll go i would look at this fight as one of those fights to consider the pfl wants to expand into foreign markets like korea what better way than having a korean fighter do well in the promotion if this fight goes to a close decision look out for bin joe to come out of here with like a split of some kind and get the edges in the scorecards the best fight, the best spots we'd like here from a betting perspective are the over one and a half rounds and both fighters by decision. All right, let's move on. We're going to Martin Hamlet. Right, Martin Hamlet versus Sam Kai. I don't know the lines offhand. We're going to look at them in a second, but they're going to be wide because Sam Key, God bless you, Sam Key. I don't even... You know, I'm, look i'm not trying to make fun just calling the spade a spade we have fighters in the pfl that are just like wow dude it's amazing that you're in here and at eight and seven sam key is he's definitely one of those guys right so light heavyweight bout 205 pounders sam key versus martin hamlet and uh i'll give you a pick real quick later we'd like hamlet to win the fight inside the distance and if you know hamlet he's not much of a of, he's not a great high level finisher. He'll grind you out if you're not careful. He'll get on top of you and elbow you and and land you um according to topology minus 1250. This is a hallmark, a benchmark, a uh a repertoire of the PFL. <laughs> like these wide ass lines. So yeah, um what can we do here? I am I'm, I'm going to give you a quick breakdown. It's not worth the time to talk about. There's no reason to play Sam Kia plus 850. I don't see a reason Though you know what, maybe at that, <laughs> maybe you have to at that point. I don't know. So Hamlet, eleven and four, three to two in his last five fights. Uh, huge favorite over minus one thousand at this point. From Norway, thirty-one years old, six foot one and height with a seventy-five inch reach out of Frontline Academy. As for Sam Key, who goes by the K nine, he's gonna need the K nine and him in this fight. Eight and seven overall, two and three in his last five fights. Out of Tonga, from Sydney, Australia, six foot three and high of 74 with a half or seventy-four point eight inch reach out of Spike Twenty Two. Okay. Yikes. This is just crazy, right? This is a, this is the problem. And again, I, I like PFL. It gives us another form of mixed martial arts. They're playing during, during the week. Thursday night, good. But man, we can't get some better competition in here, huh? So Hamlet into the distance is our prediction. Not much to discuss here. Hamlet is going to take him down, lay on him, and slowly chip away. Hamlet may not get the finish, but he'll slowly drain the soul out of Kai. Hamlet's fighting style isn't pretty, but it'll work. For Kai, 8-7 and seven overall, winless in the PFL, not to mention he was finished in both of his two PFL fights. He might get submitted again. Hamlet has a handful of submissions on his resume, four actually in total, including a submission in his last fight. The betting spots like the most for this fight are going to be Hamlet into the distance, fight doesn't go the distance, and Hamlet as a potential parlay piece. Now, I'm going to nix that last part. This was written ahead of time. We were not going to be parlaying Hamlet at that price tag. That is absolutely not something we will do. Um, it makes no sense. Minus 1250. I mean, <laughs> if you want to do it just because I had him in a parlay, I guess. Whatever. Have some fun with that. I mean, flies back. There's a, there's a fruit fly around here. I drank some wine last night. I don't know. Okay. Let's move on, boys and girls. We're going on to Mova Kobayev, co man event versus Tyler Diamond. I like it. I like it. Share screen here. Um, I'll tell you what. At first glance, you're like, "Oh, Movic Kobilay." Yeah, you take a little closer look, and you realize I can't just completely overlook this guy, Tyler Diamond. He's uh, he's a bit of a fighter. Put it that way. They're all fighters, but he's a he's a I don't know. He's got a little something special in him. That's that's what I'm going to say. All right, let me get over here to my notes on this fight. Movic Live, Tyler Diamond, featherweight, about 145 pounders. And uh, what we have here, Live is 20-0-1 overall. Little footnote: he did get he got clobbered by uh daniel Paneda. Paneda, who's in the ufc who just fought last week against Alex caceres the fight was ruled a no contest because Pineda tested for the gear but Pineda messed his ass up <laughs> messed his ass up so in the back of my mind i know he did lose a fight um movicob twenty zero 20-0-1 overall 5-0 in his last five fights about to be a minus 800 favorite yikes uh, moscow russia 32 years old five six and high with a 70 inch reach at a fight night's team and eagles mma academy up against Tyler Diamond, 12-2 and two overall, 3-2 in his last five fights. Huge underdog out of Sacramento, California, 32 years old. 57 7 69-inch reach out of Team Alpha male. Okay. Pretty simple breakdown for us here. Coba Live, by decision, is the prediction. Mova enters this bout with an undefeated record and plenty of PFL experience. At first glance, we were inclined to lean towards Coba Live. A closer look reveals that Diamond is a live underdog. Diamond, Diamond's only two defeats were to Bryce Mitchell and Brendan Lofning. Pretty quality guys, right? Notably, both of those losses were by majority decision, so it wasn't as if the, it wasn't even even if like he lost that fight convincingly, it was close. If Diamond can hold his own with Lofton and Mitchell, he should be able to hold his own with Moblit. I gotta tell you, I'm picking Mobilev to win his fight. Kobaleyev. I said Mobilev. I could buy I could his first name and last name. Mobilev. I'll just keep it going then. I, I have Mobilaev to win the fight by decision, but but but. At this price point, you, you got to play Diamond. And so our tip sheet will reflect accordingly. So, uh, yeah, Coppola probably wins, but give me some uh, some action on Tyler Diamond. Brendan Lofnay versus Jesus Benito. This is the main event of PFL number four, the regular season. And now's a good time. Let's talk about the scoring, right? If you don't know how the scoring system works, um, it can sound a little foreign. Um, it took me a few times just reviewing it to realize how it works before it kind of sunk in. here's the 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 crux of it right for you guys right there's a regular season where you accumulate all your points each fight and then they add it up right so a fighter is awarded three points for a win doesn't really matter however the win happens right you win the fight you get three points with a loss you get zero points if you miss weight i believe like you lose a point right if a fighter wins the first round like wins in the first round i'm sorry any kind of first round finish They get three points for that. So if you were to win in round one and you got the win two, that would be six points total. If you got a win in round number two, that's two points. Two points plus three is five. And then if you get a win in round number three, that's one point, the one point plus three. So you can get four, five, or six points depending on how you win or three points if you just win by decision. Right? There's no extra points for finishing the fight end of the season the top four fighters in each weight class those four fighters then move on to their playoff which is basically a two-round system right because there's four fighters two against a two and then next round is a championship but by the way side note i don't even know how i mean i can't imagine the the quality of competition pfl used to do eight fighters (laughs) they used to do an eight fight playoff system and i'm like huh I'm like, oh, my gosh. Imagine what the, the number eight seed was looking like back then. That must have been 2021. They said 2021, they changed it. But back in the day, they did something like that, and it's just like I can't even imagine. Um, anyway, that's how the rules work for uh, PFO regular season. And then once they get to the playoffs, two-round tournament, the winner gets a million dollars for each individual class and, uh, and, a, and a temporary title, I guess. It's weird they give him a championship belt. They should just give him a trophy or something. It's not really a belt. They don't keep it by any means. Go freaking fruit flies back. All right, let's get to it here. Let me put this screen up here. We're Oh, wrong screen. I'm sorry. We had the red event. We had Brandon and uh and Pinedo. Okay, so featherweight bout, 145 pounders. Brandon Lough, named 27 and four. If you don't recognize, he won the crown for this division last year. So he won a million bucks, titled the whole nine, and pushed through a really tough season. He had a lot of injuries last year that he worked through. Kudos to him. He's a tough dude. Five and in his last five fights. He's a big favorite here at minus five foot range. Out of England, Manchester to be exact, mate. Thirty-three years old. I don't know why I did mate. Mate is uh, is Australian. Uh, five foot nine with a seventy-one inch reach. Out of Manchester Predators uh, against Jesus Pinedo El Mudo. Twenty-six and one overall. Four one in his last five fights. Out of Lima, Peru. He's a dog here. Twenty-six years old in eleven months. Six foot high with a seventy-four inch reach. So a little bit smaller in terms of uh, I'm sorry, a little bit more reach in, in the side of Jesus, and also a little bit taller. That surprises me. You know, Brandon's a pretty tall guy, but um, I agree with the, this, this line coming out here on Tapology. I do think that Brandon Lofname wins his fight, and I think he does so pretty convincingly. So Lofname by decision is our prediction. Paneto dropped his PFL debut by decision two months ago to Braga. It wasn't a bad debut, and he showed that he belongs in the PFL. Loughnane is a big step up for Braga, though. Not to mention Lofname enters this schedule, or this season, I'm sorry, with a much healthier body. Last year, just a little side note, he had some serious knee injuries, and it prevented him from being at his best. That's why early in the season he had some knee wraps on; didn't look so well. He kind of got healthier as the season went on, and then, of course, crescendo with the title at the end of it. So, this season coming in healthier, on the heels of a, a big amount of money to help him, you know, take care of his body better, uh, his lifestyle, and everything. And it looks like he's the kind of guy who's actually going to maximize that, not just like rest on his laurels and now, you know, you know, get tired. Um, confidence. Confidence is through the roof, right? So for Jesus, he'll do something very special here, a bit of a miracle to dethrone my man, Brady uh, Lofne. And so I just think Lofnan right now, he's at the peak of his career, good volume, strong chin. For Pinedo, he's likely going to be forced to work off the back of his foot, and that in itself is going to be st- setting up other problems as well. The keys to victory, though, for Jesus Pinedo, if he wants to win this fight, he has to circle away, avoid that forward pressure, and land good counter shots. If you recall last year, Ryoji, early season matchup, Ryoji versus Lofnan. Uh, Lofnan gets dropped. He gets tagged by Ryoji on a nice counter shot. That's going to have to be what Panato offers here. He has to do it more than once. Otherwise, it's going to just be difficult for him to outpace or outpressure Brandon when Brandon's coming forward on him, right? So, betting spots like the most for this fight are going to be the fight going over 1.5 rounds. The fight goes the full distance. We'll also toss Lofnan into a parlay if his money line price isn't exceeding minus 400. And right now, it's currently sitting at minus 500. So we will not touch this. Uh, I rephrase that. We will not be playing him in the money line. Hey, look, at minus 500, you're, there's still some value. I just, I can't tell you how many times I played someone in that range, and that was the leg that fell off and didn't work out. And it's just like, why? Why? What was the value there? So for me, no play in the money line. I'll be looking at some of these props here when they become available. Um, but we do like Brandon name to win the fight. All right, so let me share this full screen here with you. So that's PFL regular season uh, number four. The full card for you. Let me go ahead and just give you the I guess final rundown here on on who we like and how. And uh and we'll skedaddle out of here. So this is again, PFL again coming up this Thursday, Thursday evening. What time we got again here? Six thirty PM Eastern time. All right, okay. All right, so, yeah, main event, give us Brandon Lofney by decision. Co-main event, give us Cope live also by decision. Tyler Diamond is definitely a live underdog. Martin Hamlet into the distance over Sam Key. We're going to take Bubba Jenkins to win that fight by decision. But Sung Bin Joe, if you can get him by submission or, or by decision, by split, something, something about this fight, Sung Bin Joe, 10-2, um, and two, young prospect, former UFC experience, so on and so forth. I, I just think he deserves a look here. Um, we'll see what happens with the lines. For Josh Silvera, like him a lot here. One of my favorite picks on the card to win over Delon Monte. Moving down to the premium card, we'd like Marlon Marias to finally get a win here and to disrupt the winning streak of Gabriel Braga or snap his undefeated record. But give me Marlon Marias to win this fight by decision. Ty Flores, by decision, is the pick there. Then moving down, Chris Wade. We're going to take him to win the fight by decision. But, man, I'm very worried about that. We're not confident. In we have him getting that win by round one. Knockout over Tim Karen. Moving down, Taylor Johnson. I might end up flipping on that pick. The more I think about it, I think I might flip on that pick at some point. Um, him and Andrew, Andrew uh, Sanchez. I mean, I'm just not so confident in Taylor. But I have Taylor here initially. Uh, a very close edge here by decision. Moving down, Abby Montez. We do like her a lot here. She's fighting. I don't know who she's fighting. Literally, I don't know who is this person? So give me Abby Montez with a fight by decision. It, and you know what? In Abby Montez fashion, she'll make it a split somehow. Alexei Pergan, have him winning the fight. There's a but there. You know, I think Akeem Bashir is pretty good. But according to my little chart here, I have him as a very confident pick. And I just, the pedigree and stuff and where he's training at. Guys, that's PFL number four for you, the full card breakdown. Our, our sort of our analysis some betting standpoints that we might be you know attacking for the full tip sheet though again you're going to want to go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter that link is down below it's uh actually I'll put it here for you on the screen as well and there's a free version and a paid version um, if I can you can hear my little spiel here for a second if you subscribe to the free version you'll get for example what we just did you'll get the full entire layout of that prelim for free that's free All free subscribers get the entire premium card breakdowns in written format for all the stuff that we offer. Now, for the main card and for the tip sheet, you do have to be a paid subscriber. That's $5 a month. There is also a free trial. Try the free trial. In the free trial, you can go ahead and get access to all those things for, I think it's like seven days. And by doing the free trial, you go ahead and kind of see what we offer, how it works, our tip sheet, so on and so forth. Um, Might be something you like you don't like or maybe you just want to donate five dollars a month which is what it costs to our newsletter because you like our channel you like our content you want to support what we're doing here at ma fight club i don't know however you see it but there is the link down below here subscribe to our newsletter if you want to get a nice cool newsletter about mixed martial arts and i do want to mention also we have a new co-writer or co-host of that newsletter and that's Haley, Haley will be writing a column once a week about something in the world of mixed martial arts it could be a play-by-play of a fight or something in that way or just her opinions her opinions on a fighter fighter could be something outside the octagon, something inside the cage, a fight, a fight outcome, flip decision, Kaikar France versus Albazi <laughs> um, Her columns will be free for the first few weeks that she's joining us and then eventually will become part of the paid content as well. But uh, yeah, check it out. The link's down below. Also follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, uh, obviously here on YouTube, like and subscribe, uh, Twitch. Um, we have a Discord now. Yay, we have a Discord. I'm still learning how to use it but uh, we do have discord and uh, for the discord um the link is down below you can catch us over there too a uh, bunch of new shows coming up right we've got the new show with Haley coming up called butterfly guard that starts about a week and a half june 14th every wednesday night 10 o'clock p.m eastern time this friday you catch me at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time for MMA Happy Hour. I will be without my co-host Monique Yip this week because she's going to be in Vancouver at UFC 289. Um, what else we got going on here? Breakdown videos for UFC 289 were coming out this week as well. Newsletter content also coming out this week for the newsletter subscribers. Of course, every Sunday night, you've got me all by yourself. Midnight MMA, 12 o'clock a.m. midnight to one thirty a.m. midnight um, every Sunday night, which is actually Monday morning. So a lot to Lot to you know un- unfold for you guys this week, and even more content coming up in the upcoming weeks. So, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys being here again. Thanks if you're here already, just like and subscribe. It won't hurt you. All right, guys. Deuces.